seated while the kids make their way to Children's Church. Just before, just before uh, I came out of my office this morning, I grabbed a file, and it's a file that's titled Encouragement File, and um, of course, over 20 years of ministry, I've gotten a lot of thank you notes and even pictures that children have colored and a lot of encouragements, and I had a pastor years ago challenge me. He said, you're going to want to have that file and just keep that. And uh, you're going to want to refer to that every once in a while. And it went along with what I was talking about today. I'm not going to refer to it in my message at all. But I almost got distracted. Didn't get to come out and shake hands with anybody because I was going through some of these thank you notes and even seeing some names of people from years past that have been such a blessing and encouragement. It is truly a good thing for us to give thanks and praise to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'd like for us to bow one more time and ask for God's blessing on our time in his word. Precious Father, we now take the beautiful word that you've given us and we would open it. We would allow it to be a reminder for us of who you are, what our obligation is to you in the area of thanksgiving. I would ask that you would help me not to get in the way, that the Holy Spirit would be clearly present as our teacher. We thank you for the time to worship you now through the study of your word. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. There's always the talk and conversation that people have about the danger of skipping Thanksgiving and even skipping the fall and going right to Christmas. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to jump right into Christmas. In fact, I'll let you know, I've had multiple times in the past week where I've had uh, the radio station on and a Christmas song has come on. And just as a little personal control that I have, I turn that channel right away. Let's just, now how many of you have already enjoyed the Christmas music? Raise your hand if you've already enjoyed it. Oh, brother, all right. Some of you are ready for Christmas. Now, when we approach the Christmas season, there are oftentimes we develop memories Sometimes they're unintentional memories, things that happened in your past that you were never expecting. Sometimes you anticipated something special. I can remember a few years ago, um, not to get ahead of Thanksgiving or anything, but it helps to lead us to Thanksgiving. I went down to a uh, camp, and they were having a living nativity. How many of you have ever seen a living nativity? Raise your hand if you've seen one of those. All right, lots of hands all over the room. A living nativity is when they have uh, basically the manger scene of Christ being born, but instead of uh, statues or figurines or dolls, they will actually use people and oftentimes live animals. And it just changes the whole dynamic of it. A living nativity, just you can see what's going on. There's a little more drama to it, wondering what an animal or a child might do. Sometimes you'll feel bad for them standing out there in the cold. I'd encourage you, if you get opportunity to go to a living nativity, do so. There's one not too far from our church. When we think of a living nativity and we think of Christmas time, I asked myself the question recently, is there anything we can do like a living nativity that might apply to Thanksgiving? What can we do that would be similar to that that might apply to giving thanks to God? And the title of my message today is a living thank you note. A living thank you note to God. How can you and I be a living thank you note? 
not just something that's been written that we can refer to, but something that is living and breathing. Is it possible that in this coming week you might be able to walk in a way where your heavenly Father will look down and see your thankfulness? See how grateful you are. It's nice to write it out, but how beautiful if we could march out of this place today and for all those listening, maybe over the radio or that will listen in the future, living thank you notes all over our community. I heard a great quote recently that says, your life is God's gift to you, but what you do with your life is your gift to God. I think Psalm 50 verse 23 says it well when it says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. One popular speaker recently gave this note and I thought, I wonder if that's true because if it genuinely is true, that's amazing. That's an incredible stat if that's true. He said this, he said, gratitude is the healthiest emotion. Of all the emotions that we have, gratitude is the healthiest. There's absolutely nothing better for your health than the emotion of gratitude. Now that is a selling point, don't you think? So many people don't want to have an attitude of gratitude. It's almost like pulling teeth to get them to say something that they're thankful for. And yet maybe one day out of the year you can get them to say something they're thankful for around Thanksgiving. And yet, if we understood that this is so good for us, if we understood that when we have a spirit of gratitude, it is good for us all all the way around, but even in particular, our health. Now, the book of the Bible that talks most about praise and thanksgiving and gratitude is the book of Psalms. And so if you take your Bible and turn to the book of Psalms, if you don't have a Bible, please use one one of the P rack in front of you, or if you've got one on your device, that's fine as well. If you don't own a Bible, please keep that Bible that's in the pew rack in front of you. If you'd like a nicer one than that, we have a lost and found over here, and you can grab one of those on your way out if you like. We want to make sure anybody that comes to Calvary does have a Bible, and that's our gift to you if you would like to have that. We're going to turn to Psalm 78, Psalm number 78. We're going to have three points to the message today. And I don't want to get too stuck trying to qualify things and explain things, but I would like to set some of you up that if you will take these three points, there is a certain connection where you can put them together. There is something sweet and very, very special. Even this morning in the early hours, I was contemplating on these three points, main points combined and thinking, my goodness, that is, that is just a, a step. That is a step that so many of God's children need to take. Oftentimes when we are saying something out loud about thankfulness to God, oftentimes there is one of three audiences that we intend to hear those words. First of all, God is the audience oftentimes when we're saying something about thanksgiving to him, and that makes sense. Other times we might be the audience. I'm thankful for something God has done for me, and so I might remind myself of that. Praise the Lord for and then you can fill in the blank. And then the third group that will hear this Thanksgiving is the group of others, people that we are surrounded with. Just above the psalm in my Bible, there's a little bit of a title 
that is written there. And it says, tell the coming generation. And in verses 1 through 7, we find a very specific group emphasized. I want to read verses 1 through 7 of Psalm 78, where it says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments. Let's stop right there for now. The first point in the message today, the first way that you and I can live our life as a living thank you note to God is by informing others of what God has done for you. We see that clearly even throughout this entire psalm. I'll not be reading the whole psalm today, but if you would take time later on to go through and read through this, it is beautiful. There are going to be things that the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind as you go through this that jump off the page. We need to inform others of what God has done. And clearly we see here the teaching of the generation that follows us. And what's the whole point? The whole point is so that they can teach the generation that follows them. And it's all so that they can have hope in God. I heard a bit of wisdom one time. If you want to see how good of a parent someone is, don't look at their children, but look at their grandchildren. And that will tell you how good a job you did as a parent. And that can be challenging. There's a lot of walking by faith when it comes to raising young people. But when it comes to this area here, you don't have to wonder what God wants you to do. It is clearly laid out in God's word that he wants you to be teaching the generation after you who he is. His wonderful works. We will remember the works of his hand is the song that we just sang. And I would ask us this question. Do you think that if someone around you, maybe the next generation or maybe a peer, do you think that if someone around you would observe a wonderful habit a habit like publicly praising God, do you think that it could be that if they saw that in your life, that very possibly they might pick that up themselves? Think of yourself. Have you ever observed someone, observed someone and you saw something in their character or a practice in their weekly routine or even something in their speech and you said, you know what? I'd like to have that in my life. It's so admirable. It's so beautiful to see that. And I would challenge us that people around us can get a little bit of a sense of what we are, even by just rubbing shoulders every once in a while with us. They will know what you are about. Now, this morning I came in and I found a peanut butter cookie on my desk. 
And that's a bit of an um, under-exaggeration. It was almost a pie. It was this big. It was this thick. And it's about a third the way gone as we speak, honestly. I love peanut butter cookies. I'm not a big fan of fudge. Fudge is okay, all right? I love brownies. I love cookies. I love a lot of sweets. I've never been a fudge guy, never. There is a town just north of us, little Bavaria, some people will call it. Frankenmuth is that town. You can walk through the town of Frankenmuth, and there are multiple places where you can buy some fudge. None of them appeal to me. Not one of them. I see the sign on the window, and I think, oh, I think today might be the day that I like fudge. Never have I thought that. They can paint that on the windows. I don't want any. I can see people going in that fudge store, coming out of that fudge store. I don't want any. But there's one store in particular that if you walk by on that sidewalk, you don't have to go inside, but you walk right by the store, and for some reason, all of a sudden, I'm wanting some fudge. I don't like fudge, but I smell that chocolate and I smell that maple. Why am I smelling it? Because I think they strategically, this is a genius idea, they have taken a vent from their fudge area and they blow it right down on that sidewalk so that anybody who walks by smells that fudge. Now maybe some people are like coffee. They don't like the taste of coffee, but they like the smell of coffee. Maybe that's me with the area of fudge. I would never want to buy any. And yet when I smell that, when I walk by and it just, you cannot miss it, there's something appealing about that. There's something that draws me. Maybe I'll go inside. Maybe today's the day when I would like this. How could something smell so good and not be something that I would love? I want to suggest to you that there's an aroma coming off of you, and I don't mean this in any kind of a funny way. There is an aroma coming off of us when we, in, or in, when we encounter others in our lives. There is something that comes from you. It might be an attitude of gratitude. It very well might be that individuals that would weekly rub shoulders with you, be in a place where you are, they would know very clearly that you're a person that goes to church. Or they would know very clearly that you are one who knows Jesus Christ. And I would suggest to you that this is important for a number of reasons. Yes, it's a great opportunity to lead into a conversation about Christ. But can I suggest to you that many of them might see the name Christ written on the window of the storefront. Many of them might see people going in and out of the church in and out of these Christian places, and it might never draw them. But there is something when an individual rubs shoulders with a true Christ follower. There's something about them that I see, I think I need that in my life, is what they might say. Maybe today would be the, would be the day that I would want something of this Jesus that I would want something of church. And it's my opinion that everybody gets to that point. Maybe a death in the family would lead them to ask the tough questions. Maybe just God working in their heart. They're going to search somewhere for answers. Can I challenge us that we need to be ones that are informing others of what God has done? You need to be a living thank you note to God in this way. But it's likely 
that there are many who know Jesus Christ. And let me even go this far. They've been given just as many blessings. So I'm talking about people that don't verbally give praise and thanks to God very much. Maybe they've been blessed just as much as the one that does. But I want to suggest that very possibly they're not able to recognize it. It could be that they're living their life in a way where they're thinking, well, you know what? That was just all luck. Man, it was just my lucky day. That just took place by chance. That's why that happened. And too many individuals are so slow to give God the credit. And too many individuals are blessed in so many ways, and yet they are not focused on what, how they are blessed. They're focused on what they don't have. Well, God, I would, I would give you a thank you note, but perhaps you didn't get my list that I gave you, God. That's what I'd really praise you for. We are blessed in so many ways and too many focus on what they do not have instead of on the incredible blessings that they do have. And too many don't say a word to others about it. Number one, we need to inform others of what God has done for us. This is how we can live, be a living thank you note to God. Number two, we need to remind ourselves of what God has done for us. We need to remind ourselves of what God has done. And this, this might sound curious why do i need to tell myself something like that because we're so prone to forget we need to remind ourselves write these things down i can look at times in my life where i've had a huge answer to prayer i thank god for it maybe for a few weeks but i'll get a year down the road and it's never come across my mind we're so prone to forget In verses 9 through 20 of Psalm 78, we find several things that are going on with this original audience of who this psalm was written to, the children of Israel. We understand this was their songbook, and we understand that they would sing of God's works so they did not forget them. In verses 9 through 20, we find a mentioning of how God miraculously divided the Red Sea And God's people walked across to freedom. And then that sea collapsed on Pharaoh and his army, the final step that would give them freedom from slavery in Egypt. We also find it mentioned in verses 9 through 20 that God led them by a cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire by night. God's presence led them on their journey to the promised land. We also find mentioned in verses 9 through 20, there were streams of water that came out of a rock while they were in the wilderness. And there was a food, wait, there was a miracle food that was given to these people as they wandered in a place where there was no food. All of of these are mentioned in those verses, and yet look at verse 11 with me, where it says, and this is in their songbook, it says, they forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. You and I need to consistently remind ourselves of the blessings from God. How many of you in the past year have received some kind of a thank you note or thank you card? Raise your hand if you've received a thank you, in the last year, a thank you card. All right, very good. Now, can you imagine if you received a thank you card in the mail and it said the regular jargon that, you know, Hallmark or whoever put on there, but then there was about six bullet points and it says, hey, before I say thank you, I want to let you know, and there's all these different things they want to tell you before they say thank you that really undo the thank you. I want to let you know that you really are falling short here 
And I want to let you know that you, you, missed the, you missed the mark here. I want to let you know, I think you're lousy in this area here. And imagine in this thank you card, if there were all these things that said the opposite of thank you. But yet, there was still in print the words thank you, and they put a stamp on it and sent it through the mail to you. Imagine there were these disclaimers, I want more. Or Susie got more than I got. Or didn't you get my list of what I wanted? Unfortunately, this is the living thank you note that so many of God's children are giving to him as they live each day. Not a day of thanksgiving, but a day of lamenting. A day of thinking that we know better what we need than what God needs for us. Not a day. And here in verse number 11, it says, they forgot his works and it gives all those incredible works. How do you forget that? Because you're not constantly reminding yourself of what God has done. And then last, how can your life be a living thank you note to God? It can be a living thank you note to God by reminding ourselves that God always does what is right. God always does what is good and what is right. I'd like for us to read the last few verses of Psalm 78 for this, starting in verse 68. I'll tell you what, we'll back up and read 67 and down through the end of the psalm. Psalm Psalm 78, I'm sorry, Psalm 78, starting in verse 67, where it says this, He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he, sh- he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. I would suggest to you today that there is not one situation that you have ever encountered in life that you should not be able to eventually say thank you God for that. Now that's a, that's a high statement. I don't expect everybody to be there. But if you stick around long enough, you will see what God can do even with the darkest days in your life how he might change you, how he might prepare you to do something that nobody else could do down the road and not to be a discouragement at all, but oftentimes we may never find out in this present world what God did with that. But God is always good and God is always right. And I think that when we get to heaven and the scales fall off our eyes, we'll see things clearly. And some of us might have opportunity to have those last tears wiped from our eyes and we'll say, how could I have doubted God? How could I have doubted him who always did what was right, who always gave me me exactly what I needed? Would we want to be a living thank you note to God if God was mean-spirited? How about if he was unkind? If our God was an unkind God, would we want to be thankful to him? How about if he was indifferent? Some people think this. God's so busy that he doesn't have time necessarily to think about what's going on in my life. And so he kind of wasn't paying attention when this happened. And it seems a bit uncaring to us. If God were untrustworthy, 
If he were any of these things, then we would not have a reason to make our lives a living thank you note. But God is none of those things. God is everything good and pure and lovely. God has the big picture in mind. And God also knows your name. God knows your middle name. He knows how many hairs are on your head, the Bible tells us. He knows what you've gone through and he knows what's coming tomorrow. And can I just say this? God is good. He knows what's coming in a year and God is good. He knows what's coming in five years and God is good. Even if you cannot see it, God is good and always does what is right. I'd like for you to turn to Psalm 145 and we'll be there. That's the last place we'll be this morning. Psalm 145. We're going to practice these three areas of being thankful to God, thankful to others, thankful to ourselves, thankful with, you know, saying it to ourselves, and also remembering that he's always doing what's right. First, we're going to read verses 1 through 7 of Psalm 145, and you're going to see clearly the big picture here. A song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Now why is this fact of the greatness of God being unsearchable, why is this a reason for you individually this week to be thankful to God? It's for this reason If God is great enough to create the entire universe, if he is great enough to make land and sea and animals, the stars and the wonderful human beings that we're surrounded with, if God can make all of these things, then God is great enough to take care of your smallest problem. One of the best lessons I've learned about prayer in this past year was when I heard somebody teaching on it and they had someone come up and say, I don't bother God with my small, my small request, just the big request. And they made that wonderful point. What, what is a small request to God and what is a big request to God? Can you get with me on this? When we think of God, we think what's, nothing is big to God, right? And in turn, that means that nothing is small to God. Everything is the same. So if you think this is too small for me to go to God with, I'm going to give him opportunity to take care of some of those bigger things. There's nothing that he has to prioritize and take care of these before he gets to your small potatoes. There's none of that. He cares so much for you and he cares about the small things that are going on in your life. And people will think that God is just not all they're interested in what's happening in their life and the fact is he's interested in every detail of your life and not in a passive way, in an active way. And God has the power to do everything. Three things that you can do, they come right from the main points. Number one, you can praise God in the presence of others. You and I can praise God in the presence of others. I'd like for us to practice this, okay? 
I'm going to do a count to three, and then we're going to say something together. Here's, and you can, you can choose your own phrase. I'm going to give us one. It's a suggestion for you, but you can say praise the Lord on your own. You can say, you know, um, praise God or amen. But when you're talking to others, you need to have this as your example. And I'm going to choose three words, God is good for us. So when you are around others, I want to encourage you to use the words, God is good. And we're going to practice that on a count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. God is good. All right, number two. You need to praise God in your own heart. Now I'm going to add some words to that phrase that we just said. And it's God is good, and we're going to add all the time. Because we have to remind ourselves of that. Anybody can praise God when the refrigerator is full and when we're healthy. But when the troubles come, we need to tell ourselves God is good all the time. So on a count of three, we're all going to say that. One, two, three. God is good all the time. Very good. And then the last one is this. Remind yourself constantly that God has a good plan for you and your life today. And I'm going to have you say these words with me. Here's the words. You've got to remember this one. It's a little bit tougher. God's way only works every time. All right? We're going to say those words on account of three. God's way only works every time. You ready? One, two, three. God's way only works every time. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you hope. I oftentimes look for illustrations that can connect these Bible truths to our lives. Sometimes it's harder than others. When we come to a time like Thanksgiving and we come to a week like this week, I had an obvious opportunity in front of me to give praise and thanks to God for. When you think of the improvements that we are planning on doing here at our church building, and we know the church is not the building, the church is the people. You are the church. But we are thankful that God's given us a facility that he has. We're thankful we have a gymnasium that we can have fellowships in and sports activities in, youth activities in. We're thankful for classrooms that we can have educational um, Bible classes in and other things in there. We're thankful for a room big enough that would hold all of us today and that we can do some updates to that. I know one family that more than a year ago, they started praying for this process of remodeling the sanctuary, praying for peace, praying for a smooth transition as we go through this and walking through a lot of stepping out on faith on their own but also trusting God to do his part with confidence I can remember talking about the timing of this with our leadership and the many things that's gone on. And there's no playbook that we have followed necessarily. It's been very much so God's people being faithful and doing their part, good men in leadership positions doing their part, you as God's people, stewards of what God has given you. Praise the Lord for $130,000 that's been given in nine months' time. Praise God for that. Some of you might have gave $50 towards that. Praise God that your $50 combined with another person's $50 and another person's $100 and another person's $1,000, these things all built up. And it's not just me and you together. It's me and you as a church family and then God 
puts his hand of blessing upon it, and it's beautiful. And that's exactly where we want to be, walking by faith and not by sight. God knows the plans that he has for us. Now, if you take these three things, praising God in front of others, praising God on your own in your own heart, even when it's hard to do, and then remembering all the time that God is good, there is something beautiful that these turn into. If you will make these a habit in your life, it's incredible. It's incredible that not only are you a steward of maybe the treasures that God has given you, but you're a steward of the pain that God has given you. You are a steward of the relationships that God has given you. You're a, relationship, you're a steward of the words that God has given you. You can take all these things and you can live a life that is a living thank you note to your God. Let's pray. Father, with humility and appreciation, we would come to you. We thank you most of all for the great gift of salvation. We've not talked very much in this uh, uh, lesson today about the cross and about Christ, but of course we know that a child of God is one who understands that they're a sinner and that Christ died on the cross for their sin. We truly have something to be thankful for if we know your grace. God, if there's one here today and they've never asked you for forgiveness, they've never turned their life over to you for whatever reason, maybe they've just never thought about it, Maybe they thought there was something else they wanted to get instead of a Christian life. And God, maybe today you're working in their heart where they would call out to you and make this the day of their salvation. I would pray for that one, that one that's never done that. May this be the day. May this truly be a wonderful season of Thanksgiving because they would turn from following a life of their own want to following a life of doing what you would want them to do. Maybe there are some here today and they're focused on everything they don't have. There are some that are focused on the things that they don't have that they used to have. God, may we stand as recipients of the beautiful things from you and may we stand as ones that love that and appreciate that and are grateful. May we with grateful hearts approach this coming Thanksgiving and give thanks back to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm gonna ask Anna to play through a stanza on the piano. This is a chance for you to pray. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, where you're sitting, you can ask God to forgive you, make you his son or daughter. This can be the day of your salvation because of the work of Christ on the cross. Others might want to just thank God for something. Do that during this time.